0: Welcome to the fantastic Podcast, where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Steph, A.K.A. Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram, and I'm joined by. Hi,
1: I'm Imaginevative on Instagram. Oh God, I already messed it up. Also, I'm Ava. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: today's episode, <laughs> we are going to be. I mean, this is a wonderful way to kick off the new season, by the way. Um, (laughs) I know, season three. It's been been too long, apparently. (laughs) Three seasons
1: and I still Uh, haven't gotten the intro Get it together.
0: Anyways, but today's episode, first epi of season three, is our March roundup, reading roundup. And obviously, we are going to be covering our reading challenge, as well as other things that we've read. So, Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs>
1: um, we missed you. We hope that everybody had a nice month of March. Um, Steph and I are in the same boat in that our March was crazy banana pants, but it's fine. It's over now. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about everything that we read in March. I don't know about you, Steph. My list is a little bit uh, thin, just given how busy March was. Um, but I do have a lot of ambition for April, so we'll see if that happens. Um, so just as a quick recap, our theme for March was to read a book with a green cover. Um, so Steph, what did you select? So
0: the book that I chose to read was The Master by, uh, Cressley Cole. And that was my green, it's not really like completely green, but it's, The font is green so we're just gonna make it count you know (laughs) okay yeah what about you what was your green cover
1: um i read wicked beauty by katie robert it's the third in the dark olympus series and it features achilles patroclus and helen um and it was it was very good i enjoyed it an awful lot um the, the Dark Olympus series is one of those that gets like exponentially better with each book, which I really mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, like I liked the first one. It was probably like a 3.5 to 4 star read, which is still pretty high. Um, but the second and third have just been like getting higher and higher ratings. And I'm super excited to see all of the other couples that um, she comes up with. And it was also really nice to see um, polyamory. I don't I haven't seen much of it since, I think, the Ruin of Kings series, which I never shut up about. Um, But it was really nice to see that, like, again, portrayed positively. And um, so, yeah, I loved it. Um, The book comes out June, I want to say, like June 6th or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, So you should all definitely pre-order it and support Katie. And yeah, it was really good. Did you enjoy the master stuff? Yeah,
0: I mean, it was a reread for me, so it's always mm-hmm. great to revisit the Russian mafia, so. Oh,
1: it's a Russian mafia. The only, like, familiarity that I have with Cressley Cole is, like, some of her paranormal stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, so I didn't realize that yeah, she Yeah, I also... talked about it in February, uh, like, where, like, basically, it's, it's an erotic right. romance, and... Russian mafia brothers each book is a different brother <laughs> and it's definitely heavy on erotic and I mean obviously there's romance but it's very erotica driven <laughs> but it's not like a straight erotica like I mean there's still <laughs> a plot and there's like a little romantic suspense element so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a good time. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, it sounds like no, it. no surprises, so on basically. That note, <laughs> it was tried and true. <laughs> I know, I'm like not shocked. <laughs> um so on that note, what did you read in March that was a hit for you? Other than your reread, obviously. Rereads are. Um, always
0: hits. March March I spent a lot of time traveling, so I didn't really have a ton of time to read, especially because I, one of the places that I went to was Disney, and obviously, who has time to read? And then, um, I had a retreat, like a work retreat. So I was like, I barely had time to sleep, let alone read. So, um, (laughs) my, the list of things that I read was pretty thin, but, uh, I want to say that of all the things that I read, I only had two reads that were above three stars, other than, of course, The Master. Like, I love that book. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, which was very unfortunate. Like, I had a very small pool of books to, to read, and then, like, they just weren't hitting. Um, but the one, the two of those books were the Angels of Elysium series by Olivia Wildenstein, I think is how you say their last name. Um and uh it's funny because I like posted about it on Instagram and I was like, why did nobody tell me about it? And then like all these people were coming out of the woodworks being like, I have talked about it, and I'm like, I don't ever recall <laughs> anybody approaching me and saying, Read this book, you should. So if anybody is like a huge fan of or a fan of um Angel romance, uh, paranormal, urban fantasy e, romance, this is for you. Um, the first book, it's kind of weird because it's hard to also not spoil, but like each book, it can be read standalone, but you need to read them sequentially. Um, because each one has its own conclusion, like to the story, but, um, it's a continuation in the next book with like another couple. So, um, a lot of like Nephilim folklore situation. Um, it was just really good there. There were some like tropey goodness. Like the second book had, a an angel dilf, which, I mean, you really just go ahead and sign me up <laughs> with that. Um, so that was great. um, and also, like, a heroine who was kind of reckless and she kind of reminds me a lot of Bryce in Crescent City in that, like, mm. she's just not, like, she's very irreverent and, like, fuck the patriarchy, fuck fuck the rules of society, like, I'm going to do what I want to do type of thing. <laughs> so I, I dug that a lot.
1: We love it. Um,
0: I, there's a third book in that series I haven't yet had a chance to read it um, but the first two were in audio and that I, I read them via audio and they were great but I think I actually would have rather read them um, like physically read them because in the first one like mm-hmm. technically it's primarily from the heroine's POV but then there are a couple of like random chapters that are from like the hero's POV or from a hero's POV and it's the same female narrator for it and so like it's really jarring because you're just like who oh. who's talking? I don't I don't know. Um so so yeah, but that was like that's the one that stood out for me in those two stood out for me in March. What about you? Um
1: I actually had quite a good reading month i didn't read very much um but most of what i read they were quite good so that's you know bless we love when that happens um the ones that i'm going to highlight first of all i read stuck with you actually on the first day of march so that one was also kind of a green cover um so it fit with our theme but it's the second in the Steminist novellas um series that ali hazelwood is doing um And I actually liked this novella way more than the first one, which obviously I really enjoyed the first one. Um, But I, for all that I really don't like the miscommunication trope, which is really heavy um, in this novella, I thought that the characters just like completely made up for it. And it was also like, again, it's a novella, so it's short. So you're not like spending ages being so frustrated by the fact that the characters like, Aren't figuring their shit out because they're not communicating, it goes by really quickly. Um, and there's a lot of like great chemistry, and it's told in like alternating timelines. So you get, you know, the present time coupled with quite a bit of flashback. So like their relationship is building um, in the present, even as it's like you're kind of seeing how it happened in the past, um, which I thought was just masterfully done, as always, with Allie Hazelwood. I love her. Um, and then another book that I want to highlight is Hook Line and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. Um, I really it was so cute. Um, so it's the second in the Bellinger Sisters series. You don't need to read them in order, I would say. I mean, you know, it's like a romance series, so the only spoiler is that they end with happily ever afters for both books, which again that's like romance, so it's not really a spo it's not really a spoiler. Um but it was super duper cute. It was about, it's about, so it follows Hannah Bellinger who her sister has like moved to this port um, city up in gosh, what's it called? Washington. I like forgot. (laughs) If you ask, if you like showed me a map of the Pacific Northwest and pointed to like any area on it, I would just be like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Is Is this Canada? Is it Alaska? Oregon? I have no idea. So sorry, everyone. Um, anyway (laughs) um hannah met fox while she was um visiting her sister in um this port city and they kind of instantly hit it off um and it's interesting because fox is he's very much a player um but it's not really a role that he's necessarily like wanted for himself he sort of adopted it because everyone just assumed that he'd you know make like his dad who was very much a playboy um And so it's really interesting because a lot of Fox's POV kind of depicts him... Not so much struggling, but for sure, like trying to figure out how he would, you know, like what he wants for his own image as opposed to what other people impose upon him. And definitely how his relationship with Hannah, like, interacts with that. Um, Because a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, well, Hannah's so sweet and lovely and adorable. So, Fox, you better not hurt her. And he's like, oh my God, I would never hurt her. She's amazing and I love her. I mean, that part is very obvious. so he's, like, struggling with his own, like, sexual attraction for Hannah. And then also the fact that he doesn't want to come across as, like, such a cliche and, like, you know, end up hurting her. Um, meanwhile, Hannah is try kind of using him to, like, get together with um, a, like, the director that she has a crush on. She's trying to, like, you know, kind of um, show Fox is like, oh, this other guy is interested in me, Mr. Director Man. So therefore, you better like get on your game except she ends up like actually falling for fox of course and kind of has been throughout the entire book i feel like i'm not explaining this very well so i lied maybe you should read the first book you do <laughs> you get a little bit more of their relationship in that first
0: Yikes. Book.
1: but it's it's fine it was so the point that i'm trying to make is that it was so cute it went by so quickly i love it when books are fast-paced um The relationship between these two was just so, like, naturally drawn out, and there was quite a lot of, like, thought that was happening, uh, but there was also quite a bit of steam that was happening, which is, like, my favorite combination when it comes to romance books. So I was a very happy camper, definitely laughed out loud a little bit. Um, It was super, like, hardcore worth the read. I love a good rom-com, and that one just, like, hit all of the spots. So... Yeah, I have to recommend that one. And then <laughs> um, the other two that I will mention just kind of briefly, um, I have invested, of course, because, you know, would it, would it be Ava if not for, you know, me doing this? Um, I've invested in two series. Each are nine books long. Um, they are very thick and chonky. One is a historical reimagining of the Napoleonic Wars where everything is the same except for that dragons exist and um, each country has like an aerial corps um, that they fight with alongside, obviously, like their navy and cavalry and everything. Um, It's extremely politic-heavy. It's called the Temeraire series by Naomi Novik. Like I said, politic-heavy. I feel like if you enjoyed Outlander, you might enjoy this for all of the history that's happening. Um, That being said, there is no romance uh, whatsoever to speak of, none at all, so please don't ask. (laughs) There is no steam, there is no pining, there is no nothing. Uh, So in that way, it's actually completely unlike Outlander, I suppose. so but it's really good and then the other one is leviathan wakes which is a sci-fi series that i couldn't explain if i tried um but there is like detective work happening and then also aliens but not quite um and heists and politics and fans of red rising should check it out so that's that's that all good things things. (laughs) all good things um indeed so Steph, it sounds like you had a rough March month. Do you want to tell us about any of the books that you maybe didn't like so much? Are you willing to share so that we might,
0: uh-huh. you know, be more Like, warned? how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, let's go so for it. So <laughs> one book was actually recommended to me by a really good friend. And um, it was an Omegaverse book. And obviously, I read it because it was Omegaverse. And they were like singing its praises and I just I read it and I skimmed like most of it because it, I couldn't um and it's called <laughs> In Deep by Hannah Hayes and I'm fairly certain that it is a Kindle Unlimited book um another book that I read and it, this isn't one that I didn't necessarily not like. I just rated it three stars. Was to bleed a crystal bloom, by Sari Parker. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I I just had I just I felt like here's my thing. When and and we, I've talked about this at length in other episodes, especially when we were talking about Mariana Zapata, but like. I can I, I'm not a huge fan of like the longing, pining, all that stuff. However, if I will stick I'll stick with it as long as like there is enough chemistry there. And there are at least like between if it's dual POV or whatever, the heroines POV, like we know the intention is there. It's just like there's something preventing them from being together. Like I can I can handle that. Like they don't have to to be kissy kissy lovey lovey all that. But I just felt like it was too long um for nothing to happen. Um and like there weren't any real reveals. And I know that there's gonna be some people listening that has read the book and they're 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 gonna like disagree with me. And that's your right. Uh there were things that were revealed, but I feel like for Like being on the edge of your seat the whole time expecting it because there's a lot of like hinting at like, for example, like you, you don't come out of it knowing exactly what kind of being someone is. And um, it's just like, like, I don't want to have to sit through another book um, to to Mm -hmm. have to discover this when like so much of the plot was riding on like what this character is um and also preventing like the two what it seems like the two love interests maybe from being together or not being together so anyways i just i don't know i kind of felt like i was just being pulled in too many directions as the reader um and to the point where Mm -hmm. like i couldn't focus on like what the author really like what was the point of the plot basically um but there were enough th- elements of it that I was still like interested and in. I didn't like DNF it, which is why I gave it a three star. Um, but it's a nice, solid three stars. Um, and then a couple other ones <laughs> were authors like, it was from the same author. And this is actually an author that I like uh, a lot. I just didn't jive with the two books. Um, they were... Melanie Harlow, who I'm sure I've talked about on the podcast before, she's more so known for her small town romances and she has like a like um, a series called Cloverleaf Farms and it's kind of like each book is a different sister in that family and they're HEA, so it's interconnected standalones. And they're tropey as fuck. I love it. Like, each one is a different trope. Um, so <laughs> there's something for everybody in that series. And so she's continued the series kind of like a la Wallflowers and Ravenels, where, like, it's a spin-off, but still in the same world, really. And, like, all of the children mm-hmm. that were featured in the series have aged up and are now, like, getting, like, being in relationships. So... Um, Each book is about a different kid from a different sister. And so I was really excited going into it and just didn't, didn't, didn't love, didn't love it. Uh, So one of them was Ignite, uh, which, again, I don't understand how I didn't like it when it is a single dad and he is a firefighter. And like, how did I not? (laughs)
1: Sounds like a recipe right? for success. Right? A firefighter,
0: single dad, next door neighbor. Like, I don't understand how, like, it didn't, like, it wasn't hidden for me. Um, and then the next one after that was a, was a friend who was featured in the first book. Um, and it was an enemies to lovers. Um, so, again, how did I not like it? I don't know. Um, but, like, they were childhood <laughs> friends. And they ended up, like, it was... There's like this rumor like they did like that whatever that that one game is like that party game where it's like 7 minutes to heaven or whatever that is like where you you go in a oh, closet God. for 7 <laughs> minutes and you know whatever happens happens um right. so like they, it was a game of that when they were in high school and it's brought up in the first book so you know obviously this is like like them hating each other it was stemming from that and so you're like, oh, great. We're going to get the juicy mm-hmm. like details about it. And then I was like, oh, mm. and the, the hero is a chef. Like he's like a <laughs> like a Food Network chef, basically. And who, hey, that would have worked well for our February prompt. Um, but uh, and she the girl is a sommelier. And so like they obviously have to work together and hate it. And then are snowed in together <laughs> with just one bed at hotel like what is there not to love a lot apparently so that was a three-star read for me and a surprise surprise baby in that too so mm. oh
1: my like goodness. seriously like it was literally like
0: on paper everything that I would have enjoyed I just didn't enjoy it um I have a couple more but I'll let you give a couple and then I'll go cause, like I feel like I don't want to be like 15 oh, okay. minutes of just shitting on books. <laughs> So tell us a couple of your good ones. Um,
1: uh. <laughs> no worry. Oh, good ones? Well, no, I was going oh, okay. to get well, the you the like. meth ones. I ran oh, out okay, of good okay. ones. Okay. Listen, because, yeah, so to be clear, I've read five of the Temeraire books. So of that nine book series, I spent quite a bit of um, March like reading all of those books because um, they take a little while because, uh, again, the politics. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, so the first one that I read that I, like I gave it I gave it three stars because it was an audiobook and because I was able to turn up the pace quite a bit if I'd had to be like reading it I probably would have given it like a two star um just because I like <laughs> I feel like you could have drifted in and out of this book and not really missed anything um and I kind of hate that like if I'm gonna have a plot it needs to be for a purpose. Um, it can't just be like the plot is sort of decoration, Mm -hmm. um, for like sex, especially when there's no sex. Like I'm fine. If it's, if it's, if you market something to me and you're like, this is erotica and therefore it's quite light on the plot, that's fine because you've marketed it as such. But if you bring me a book and you're like, oh, it's like a strong female character and she's going to do these trials. Like, I'm expecting a plot, except, again, like I said, it wasn't really there. Um, unfortunately, this book was City of Thorns by C.N. Crawford. Um, I saw this one on, like, BookTok Well, talk can I also say, and... I just want to
0: interject, that was also one of the books that I read, and it was terrible. But, okay, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. So we both <laughs> have one that matched. So
1: twinsies yeah. on the um, <laughs> Twinsies, hashtag, living our best life. Yeah, no, I'm literally looking at my review right now. And thank God that I wrote this review because otherwise I would have forgotten everything that happened <laughs> in this book. Um, but the first the first line of my review is, I'm glad I listened to this because if I'd read it, I would have DNF'd it. Um, <laughs> this is definitely one of those reads that is fine while you're in the thick of it. But the minute you finish, you'll immediately forget everything that happened and feel entirely unmotivated to continue with the rest of the series. So that's basically my feelings about this book. For anyone who's at all curious, it's about um, a young woman named Rowan who is convinced that a demon killed her mom. So when she's ex- um, mistaken for this like long dead evil succubus and kidnapped by the Lord of Chaos, who's basically a sex god—I mean, he's a demon, but <laughs> I, that's how he's like, you know, marketed to us. Um, she gets spirited away to this like demon-exclusive city of Thorns, where she's trying to figure out who killed her mom. Um, And he's trying to... I don't even know. I guess he, like, maybe wants to be king and land the demon throne. But he also, like, hates the succubus. But then he's, like, making Rowan pretend to be her. Um, So even as I'm, like, thinking on it, I'm like, what the fuck was I reading? I really do not recall. (laughs) Um, It's just a whole lot of, like, this heroine kind of, like, does stuff. And there's, like, random girl-on-girl hate, which I just... (laughs) I just hate, I really am sick of it. I'm so tired of like needless girl on girl hate. Like if we're talking like girl A curled killed girl B's mom, like that's that's something else that's allowed. But if it's just like random and for the sake of like, I don't know, angst, I just have no interest in it. Um, and yeah, I just kept the most, the thing that I keep coming back to as I think about this book is like, why? Like why were things happening and then there wasn't even very much steam. Like, even though she's supposed to be this, like, succubus, which is a literal sex demon, literally, there was like maybe two scenes. Yeah. Of like actual steam, maybe. Yeah. And they were like short scenes. We, these were not like 18 pager, like, marathons. They were like kind of half baked. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I would have been disappointed again if I was Rowan and this man had been marketed to me as like a sex fiend, and I got what we literally got in this book. I would have. I would have given him a low rating on whatever like, Uber for sex is. I don't know. It was just yeah, yeah. No, I mean it felt it's it felt very me.
0: amateurish to be honest. Like a very amateur. Yeah. I just and not just like no shade to the author and if anybody loves it it's just like I think that Mm-mm. I think when you and by you I mean me like if you're the kind of reader that I am in the sense that <laughs> and probably, probably like, me. that you read a lot within this genre like you just mm-hmm. don't have time for like putting in a lot of legwork yeah. in certain books and Mm -hmm. this unfortunately is one of those because there wasn't enough to keep me unlike to bleed a crystal bloom like i was talking about before like where there were a lot of things that i didn't like but there was enough that like kept me interested but this one didn't have enough to keep me interested like at all uh
1: plot was very like meandering and we'd kind of just like pick things up randomly and then like put them back down. Like whiplash.
0: Like and it,
1: it was just kind of like repetitive a little like so simultaneously nothing would happen. But then the same thing would happen basically over and over again in like just a slightly different way. Like it all revolves around Rowan having to do these like weird trials to I don't even remember what for. I guess she like wants to be the demon queen. There was also like she was randomly being courted by like, the demon king, I guess. And I couldn't understand it because I feel it... Like, Rowan just spent so long trying to get close to demons and, like, get into the City of Thorns. And she could never do it. But then once she's there, everyone is obsessed with her. And so I was like, make it make make it make sense. Like, no one wanted you before. And the only thing that's changed is your geographical location. Literally nothing else has changed. So
0: so what gives?
1: It. I'm confused. So yeah, no. I was <laughs> Maybe, listen, if someone in the comments really loved this book and feels passionately, do feel free to explain. Again, I zoned out for like a good 45% of this audiobook because it didn't really seem to matter that I was missing large chunks of it. <laughs> um, but if you feel passionately, let us know if we should Give it another shot. I won't be giving it another shot, but you are welcome <laughs> to feel your feels in our comments if you would like. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of meh for me. And then the other one that I will say, this is gonna sh- shock everyone. It's not that it was a bad read. I just found it to be completely like unmemorable. And then there were a couple of things that like really grated on my nerves. So overall, just probably a book that I will never think about again. And that was Rhythm, Chord, and Malikin by Mariana Zapata. Um, So yeah, this is the first time that I've encountered a book for my queen that I just felt super lukewarm Mm. and meh Mm -hmm. about. Um, Steph's over here going... "Mm." (laughs) And what's funny is that it doesn't even take till 80% in the book to get steam. Like you get it relatively quickly for a Mariana Zapata book. And it's still, I mean, it's like... A normal ways through it's about 45 to 50 percent mark you start getting steam um which is i i feel and anyone is welcome to argue with me but steph would you say that f- for for like a romance not an erotica not even a rom-com that like 45 to 50 percent is
0: about about right yeah i mean honestly and are, are we talking about like we're talking about steam or you're talking about steam honestly i can wait until very late in the book for steam i just have a problem when like their first kiss like real like romantic interaction other than just like vibes (laughs) happens really late that's when i get I, i get angry as like if i'm reading a contemporary absolutely Mm -hmm. but I but yeah I think on average yes I would say like right around the 40 50 percent mark is typically when you'll get especially Mm -hmm. for like sweet maybe not like right right a little bit of steam yeah but
1: yeah something so anyway so yeah we got it I would say quote-unquote on time for like the the genre industry standard um and it was it's about a young girl a young girl she's like 26 who goes on tour with her brother's band for six months and um her brother is i guess like the um what's it called when they like go before the pre-show whatever the fuck you know what i'm saying (laughs) you know what i'm trying to say he's not the headliner but he there we go i was like the fluffer brother's the (laughs) opening
0: i know (laughs) That's literally, literally no. where my brain went uh, I was I like, is so dirty. Uh, I'm sure it was.
1: No, I'm, I'm not this shocked. This is a kid's show. We don't um, talk about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, no, he's the opening act for um, this other band. And of course, Girl falls in love with the other band's like main, what's his face, lead singer. Um, and I guess, which I mean, already is like quite cliche, but... Um, and I get like Mariana Zapata books, all of they're all super tropey. So I don't mind the cliche, but the cliche has to be like buoyed at least by like interesting interactions and fun dialogue and situations that make me go, oh, like obviously I know this trope, but this still feels, you know, not necessarily new, but a little bit fresh and a little bit exciting. Otherwise it's just like boring. Um, and unfortunately this book to me was just, boring I just I, I didn't feel that there was a lot of like unlike with her other books where Mariana Zapata like literally does not care and she will make you wait for ever because of you know all of these like microscopic conflicts where you're like oh my god this should not be preventing them from fucking and yet it does um there was like there was just no conflict so I was like why do I why am I like invested in this relationship it, it seems perfectly safe and fine and nothing can touch them like they're okay um and i think that even this book actually ironically would have done well from one of her longer slow burns because that at least would have given me like something to root for but they got together approximately 50 percent through the book and everyone was fine with it her brother was like oh yeah he's a stand-up guy so it wasn't even like there wasn't even like the brother interaction of like dude, I'll like fuck you up if you hurt her or like I think you're taking advantage of her or anything. Nope. He was like, that's cool with me. Um, All of her other bro friends. I'm not necessarily like advocating for a love triangle, but like usually in that situation when she has had a bunch of like friends who are boys for a long time, one of them will be like, oh... I didn't realize that I liked you until I saw that some other guy liked you. And I, again, normally I don't like that, but at least it's like some conflict. But when they got together, it felt like that should have just been the end of the book. Like things, the plot just kept like dragging on and I could not understand why. And the only thing that was causing like mild um, conflict was like the, what what are they going to do when the tour ends? And he's going to continue touring and she's going to go back to, doing whatever but I don't even know what homegirl like wanted to do with her life I'm pretty sure she didn't figure it out by the end of the no. book so <laughs> there was just a lot of like inner turmoil for but not even a lot of inner tor- turmoil it would just kind of like be sparsely mentioned as if Mariana Zapata was like oh right I need to write a plot and not just like cute fanficy interactions Ugh. like it would have been a great fan fiction it would have been a five star if this was fan fiction I didn't need a plot but that's not what it was so yeah again i mean it was like it was good i think she's a good writer so and i really enjoy right you know like reading her scenes between couples um but because we didn't have the slow burn i didn't even feel like they'd earned it and then again once again they didn't have to earn it in any way because there wasn't really any conflict so it was just kind of meh unfortunately mm-hmm. which makes me really sad but there it is yeah Okay, I'm done now.
0: (laughs) Steph's just like in the background, like gagging. Well, no, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just like, wow, I really was not, I I didn't have that on my bingo card, um, that you were (laughs) going to not like the books that, well, other than, of course, the C.N. Crawford, I I obviously were, were aligned there, but. You know my thoughts and feels on (laughs) Mariana Zapata. And what makes me more mad about Mariana Zapata is that she's – like, she really is a great author. Like, she writes good books. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's infuriating for me as a reader that I can't (laughs) with some of her books. But anyway. It's funny. um, Okay. So the only other books that I read this month, though, that didn't really hit and I'm probably going to get tomatoes thrown at me – um, Fortuna Sworn was one that I read this month by KJ Sutton. Um, oh. I really wanted to like it. It had it had the, the the trappings of all the things that I would love. Um, I just it just, it didn't hit. Now, granted, I will say full disclosure though, I did listen to it, and it could have just been that the audio wasn't that great. Um, because mm-hmm. i can't say that like i like i can't pinpoint exactly what i didn't like about it and i'm wondering if it could have been mm-hmm. the narration um i there was one right. one book that i won't mention well actually no i guess i will because i i should <laughs> i should share this information with other people but i i started reading uh, the savage and the swan this month and i dnf'd it and I thought I was DNFing it because I didn't like the book. But then I talked with Jennifer, who is the social media manager for Bookish Box. And she was like, no, Stephanie, like, just go back and read, like, physically read it because the narration is terrible. And I was like, maybe that's what it was. Like, I I just like, you know, but the reason being, it Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily that the narrators themselves individually were terrible. It's that. Like the Mm -hmm. voice of the it's cause dual POV the voice of the dude in the book is like if anybody's listened to the um uh, the United States the American narrations of the Boy Wizard series like it's that narrator um narrating the dude and it's kind they're like they're spicy scenes and then like in like old man voice like that's just not not really my vibe so i dnf'd it (laughs) and um jennifer's like no just go back and read it i was like all right fine so i like took it off of my red shelf and i will go back to i will revisit that um and the other book which i also think was um too long was honestly my only complaint was there with you which is the second book in the Adair family series by Samantha Young. And I honestly really like that series and I'll continue reading it because hello, it takes place in the Scottish Highlands. So
1: (laughs) I will very rarely not give
0: four stars to something that takes place in the (laughs) Highlands. Um, But it's, it's a romantic suspense series. I just didn't, I listened to that. So I just didn't like the narration. Um, so I highly suggest just reading those books because I don't really think that the narrator is that great. Um, but aside from that, that's mm. that's all I read this month. I didn't read that that many books. Um, I started a lot of them and I haven't finished them. So they'll carry over into April for sure. So obviously we'll we'll talk about that. But did you have any other books that you Thanks. wanted to talk about from March before we jump into April?
1: Um. I will say that I read randomly um, another Lisa Claypass, but it's from one of her like side duologies that technically exists in the same world as like the Wallflowers and Ravenels. Um, but I like didn't even really know that it, ex- it existed until it randomly popped up like in my audiobooks, books, um, recommendations from my library, but that was Dreaming of You, um, again by Lisa Claypass. And basically it follows a young woman who she's an author and she writes about like gambling dens and kind of like shady underworld characters. But obviously she is a lady. She has been sheltered from all of these things. So she's kind of just like going off of other books and like making shit up as she goes along. And at one point she says like, screw this and just decides to go straight to the source. And so she goes to this gambling club. um, I guess it's called Craven's. Um, I'm pretty sure the main, the main character's name is Derek Craven. He's her love interest. She goes undercover at his club and tries to like, you know, just witness everything that's happening. I think there's like a side plot. I'm going to be honest. It kind of lost me. Not because it was a bad book, just because it was, it was an unfortunate timing for this particular audiobook because, um, timing. <laughs> it was right at the beginning of March and it was it was at the beginning of March and um I just had a couple of like crazy things happening in that week, so I kept having to like put it down and so I'd listen to it in like fifteen minute intervals. Oh yeah. Um so that's not that's just not the audiobook's fault at all. Um, it just got a little bit crazy. So there's definitely a side plot that I just I can't remember what it was what it was Um, but it has the grumpy sunshine trope that Lisa Claypass is just like so good at writing I actually really enjoyed the main heroine she was one of those like very kind very um, not quite as spunky as some of Lisa Claypass's other main heroines but just like so wholesome and fresh and still interesting and fascinating Um, and I really liked the dynamic between her and Derek Craven Uh, There was one thing that happened that I'm like never a huge fan of, unfortunately, so that did lower my rating from like a 5 to like a 3.5 to 4 range. Um, But that being said, it was still definitely worth the read. So we're going to talk about this in a later episode for sure. But if you are coming down perhaps um, from Bridgerton season 2 and you're like, hmm, I would like to read a different historical romance um, (laughs) that is not attached to the Bridgertons at all, then I would recommend Lisa Claypass for sure, and especially this particular book, because it's part of a duology, but you don't need to read the first one. I definitely did not, um, and it's just kind of like a little one-off standalone, so no strings attached, and it was still really good, and I loved the steam as Lisa Claypass does the, the, you know, repressed Victorian longing very well, so that's like, that's it. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing. The other one I will talk about for an April recommendation, but that was just about everything that I read in
0: March. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> the, month, the month that I wish to forget. <laughs> All uh. right.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Steph, so just in case anyone forgot, our April theme is fake dating, fake relationships, fake engagements. Anything fake in honor of April Fool's Day. So, Steph, lay on your recommendations. Okay.
0: I know that there might be a couple that'll duplicate. So, obviously, Ava would just chime in with that was on my list, which hopefully is not everything on my list. But okay. um, <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first one that I have is um, the Kiss Quotient by. Um, all right. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going oh, okay. to right. <laughs> um, just like go down the list because some of these are books that I know that we've talked about before. So I won't like d- dive into it. And also, side note before I forget, we also pulled our Instagram followers to give us some recommendations mm-hmm. on fake dating trope books and we did save those responses um in a, a highlight on our instagram page at phantom pod uh so in addition to the ones that we'll be mentioning today that's also another place that you can go to find recommendations for upcoming prompts so okay uh so the kiss quotient was one these will also be going in the show oh, yeah.
1: notes. Sorry, I just had okay,
0: to say that. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah. um, take a hint. Danny Brown right. <laughs> is another one. Okay. The Risk, which. I'm co-signing. <laughs> the Risk by L Kennedy, which Ava did not like. No. But I honestly truly, really Ava loved hated. it. But I think that my reasons for loving it. Uh, I don't know. Ava, did you listen to it or did you read it? Okay. I read it. So I I think that the reason that I loved it was because I had been reading those books as they had been coming out and I wasn't binging those books. And so like there's not like a, like the standard is, is, is lower, I guess, in a way when you're reading an interconnected series. So to me, it was fine. Um, Ava didn't like it. I liked it. So sue me. Um, (laughs) The risk. Well, and it's also an enemies to lovers situation. So, what?
1: Well, on that note, but slightly off, but mostly on that note, I'm gonna suggest the deal by L. Kennedy, which was her fake dating trope. Well, you could have
0: waited until your turn and just said it. Because I'm not. I did. That was not on my list, actually. Um, Even though it is fake dating, but I'm saying it now.
1: You should read, if you have to choose between the risk and the deal, you should
0: uh, pick no, the No, th- there's no choosing. <laughs> the is deal bad. is the first book, so you start with the deal. Like, there's no, like, what do you mean? Like, what would you, why would I, why would I suggest the ninth book of a series instead of the first one? That makes no sense. It's
1: like the second in the spinoff series. It's the second series. in like, the spinoff series. you can technically series, read it without having Ava. read any of the Ma'am. other ones like technically
0: you could have I would not though okay, let's be real You're i are not would, like
1: intellectual endeavors. I would
0: not like, you can okay. figure it out okay of the two of us the the true fan who is me and not the new fan okay. who is with Ava trust me <laughs> I would have never said read the risk over the deal that like there is no comparison there Garrett Graham is like worlds above everybody else okay so anyway um (laughs) to love jason thorne which is also one that i very often recommend all the time i am obsessed with those two books the audio is great but i'm quite certain that they're also on um, kindle unlimited neon gods by katie Robert. Also force proximity. I'm co-signing. <laughs> for, for, force proximity, uh, age gap, situation. Obviously a very, very, very loose Persephone, Hades retelling. Um, and actually, I think that she says that it's not a retelling. It's like a fanfic.
1: A no, she says it's
0: like a fanfic of Persephone and Hades. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The love hypothesis, yeah. obviously, by Allie Hazelwood. Duh. That is not to be missed. Um, but I will also say if you are one of the few people in the world who have not read The Love Hypothesis yet, please do not believe book talk when they tell you that it is a super spicy book because it is not a super spicy book. It mm-hmm. is it has a steamy scene in it that lasts a couple of chapters but it is not a super steamy book. I think a lot of people who end up hating it went into it thinking that it was going to have like more steam and it didn't. So I just want to preface that. So whenever I now recommend it, I preface it with that because I'm like, don't come out of it hating it because (laughs) you thought it was going to be steamy and it wasn't uh, because it deserves the love. Um, Anyways. um, So (laughs) I bought this is the princess trap, which I actually don't think I've ever recommended
1: Oh, I love um, that book.
0: Who is also by Talia Hibbert, uh, plus size heroine. You've got like royalty situation, fake fiancéing. I want to say that that might be on KU. I don't take my word for it, but, and it's not a very long read either. So that one's a nice little quick one if you're looking for a nice little quick read. Um,. And then I just have a few more. The Duchess Steel by Tessa Dare, which, again, I always recommend. I will try to slide those into, like, every single prompt if I can, <laughs> if I can make it work. <laughs> I love th- I love that series. signing The Girl Meets Duke series, I think, is the name of it. And they're all standalones. And we're still waiting on Nicola's book, um it's a year late at this point i don't know um so i don't even know what the (sighs) title of it is like that's how long it's been that we've been waiting um the next one is the moonlighter by serena bowen which i feel like i've recommended in the past but that one has a sports element sports romance but also romantic suspense and there's um like Dilfy action going on. It's great. It's great, and that one's also a quick read. I feel, and it's uh, good audio as well. And the last two are by the same author but uh, different pen names. The first one is The Bluff by Willa Nash, who technically is Devney Perry, who is another one that I will gladly recommend. Until I am blue in the face, um, that one has <laughs> fake dating, forced proximity. Super uh grumpy sunshine situation. It's great. And he's a Dilf. Uh, so hello. And last but not least, Riven Knight and Night is K-N-I-G-H-T Night by Daphne Perry, which is the second book in the Clifton Forge series. Both the this one and the one before are small town romances. Um the second one this one the Riven Knight has a romantic suspense element to it. Um but all really really good. Got a nice balance between plot and steam and build up. So that's all I've got.
1: I love that. What about
0: you, Ava? Bracing myself for all the Mariana's well, about it. Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay. I actually, I'm going to get it out of the way. Okay. Just the one, only one recommendation on the Mariana Zapata. I know I'm that I just shocked. trashed that one book, but uh, listen. Okay. It, it is a bit of a commitment because the wall of Winnipeg and me is like, it's, it's a big book. Okay. The the audiobook is like 16 hours long. So it is a big book. But again, if you're, if you're listening to it on two times speed, it's only about eight hours, which is much more manageable. Um, so it is, it, it's a long book, but I will say that it has a lot of just like moments where neither of the her- heroes will like admit in their brains even, or even necessarily know that what's just happened is like intimate, but it is intimate. So if you are not like Steph and you don't mind kind of filling in the blanks and being like, oh, 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 oh that was definitely, that was romance right there. They just don't realize it. If you enjoy that, which I personally do, um, then you will really enjoy this book. It has a lot of those moments. Um, but it's definitely, definitely fake um, fiancéing for sure. Fake marriaging, even. Um, it is about oh god fuck what's his what's his name i think his name is aaron i can only oh fuck what's his name uh, oh but i love it hold on a second no it's i'm sorry nope it's it's aiden i'm sorry his name's definitely aiden i'm only laughing because um the the main the hero heroine vanessa calls him miranda p after the devil wears prada like the boss Um, because he's such a jackass sometimes. So in my brain, he's also Miranda P, even though his name is like definitely not that. So anyway, his name is Aiden. He's a star football player and Vanessa has been his personal assistant for a couple of years. She's very good at it, um, but he has a really hard time expressing normal things like gratitude and patience and all of these things so at the end of their you know two years of being his personal assistant she's like i'm fucking fed up with this at which point he realizes oh my god she's quitting and i don't know what to do without her so he (laughs) is also canadian and he's in the u.s playing football um but his green card he needs a green card and obviously he needs a green card marriage so he tells vanessa that he will pay for her pay off her student loans, and buy her a house if she pretends to be his wife four or five years. Um, and I guess not even pretends to be. Um, they would they would actually be married. They actually do get married. Um, but she agrees. Honestly, like if you think about this situation, having all of your student loans pay, paid off, and you get a house at the end of it, and all you have to do is pretend to be married to a really good-looking football player... It's very tropey. I enjoyed it quite a bit, um, and yeah, it's just it's very it's also wholesome, and I really liked it because the main character has a lot of personality. This is again, I think, where Mariana Zapata truly does shine, is because she's she's not writing the steam, so you know that she's doing a lot of excellent characterization outside of the steam. Um, And that's really where it comes through like the characters do feel so fully realized and even though the books are long i feel like there's quite enough plot that you're like oh like i enjoy it um i'm enjoying watching these characters go about their lives and make mistakes and be fuck-ups and figure it out um and it's just it's it's a lot of fun so definitely also grumpy and sunshine which is another fun one and obviously they do fall in love i mean they've been in love the whole time if you're willing to fill in the blanks but whatever. (laughs) Um, The second one I have is Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey, which is like small town fake dating for sure. Um, this young woman, Georgie, is trying to get her family to take her seriously. She professionally is a birthday clown, so I think this will appeal to folks who enjoyed Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating <laughs> by Christina Lauren. It's The main characters give off very similar vibes, um, but her parents don't take her seriously because she is professionally a birthday clown, so she decides to date um, the boy who has recently come back into our life—he is an ex-professional baseball player who's trying to escape the limelight, and he needs some good PR. So he decides to date, obviously, the small-town girl. I mean, does it get any safer than a birthday clown? So I don't—I mean, I don't think so. It's—it's <laughs> um, it's very cute. Highly recommend. That. Also, <laughs> fans of that. Okay. <laughs> It's, just it's birthday good. clowns. Also, it's Tessa I Bailey, just so had, like a foot off. <laughs> well, she's like a birthday party entertainer. Like it's not just clowns. Uh-huh. You also clowns are not very much part of the story. I don't like clowns either, but they're not there really. Um. Anyway, it's super funny, but it is Tessa Bailey, so the steam just like kind of sneaks up on you and then smacks you in the face. Like I didn't realize how like erotic Tessa Bailey's, um, steamy scenes are, but they really are. At least for like rom coms. Um, because there's different levels of steam, obviously, and sometimes in rom-coms, you're like, yeah, sure, okay, and then all of a sudden, you're getting, like, really intense dirty talk after, you know, this book has been set up as, like, birthday clowns, so anyway, <laughs> it's very good, I highly recommend, it's, <laughs> it's super fun and funny and cute, um, and steamy, uh, let's see, I also had Neon Gods, Love Hypothesis, Danny Brown, and Kiss Quotient on my list, so co-signing all of those, um, Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. I'm not going to hammer this one in because I have recommended it, it so many times, but I will say that this is the audiobook that got me into audiobooks, um, which I had been resistant to for so long. So if you're looking for a truly exceptional audiobook, Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. It's so good. Um, the next one is, I actually got this from Steph's Goodreads because sometimes when I really don't know what to do with myself, I just troll Steph's Goodreads nice. list. Um <laughs> And fine stuff. Yeah. And I really loved it. So good job, Steph. Um, But this book was one of my favorites that I read in March. And the only reason why I didn't mention it in my March is because I wanted to talk about it now. Um, But it is The Hooker and the Hermit by L.H. Causeway and Penny Reed. Um, Mm -hmm. I did not know that that a hooker is a position in... Um, rugby. So I definitely <laughs> had no idea what was happening for a minute there. And I'm pretty sure that um, that's basically also like br- this- brothers,
0: brother, friend, girl, the brother, is that not no. okay? Maybe that's the next mm-hmm. one in the series. I know that there's a brother's, the brothers, uh, brothers best friend trope. It's like Brother's
1: Enemy. Brother's Enemy,
0: yes. <laughs> brother's Rival. It's literally. Uh, no. no, it
1: literally is Brother's <laughs> Rival. The next one, at least, is Brother's Rival. I don't know about the rest of them because there are four in the series, I want to say. Um, but no, so it's about a young woman who has a, it's kind of like Gossip Girl, where she has this, like, anonymous social media, like, blog, where she, like, writes about celebrities and everything. Again, it's all anonymous. Um, she writes about this really hot rugby player who looks extremely disgruntled. She basically just writes this post slandering him, but then also objectifying him, um, Turns out that that is her next client. She works at a PR agency slash like social media management company, and she has been assigned to his case to give him basically a new image. He got in trouble for decking one of his teammates, um, and so I mean they're stationed in new- in New York, and they're trying to get basically open American audiences up to rugby more of, uh, as a sport. Which, again, seeing as I had no idea what a hooker was, we obviously need. Um, They decide that the best way to go about it would to just be to have these two date. (laughs) It's so much fun because there's definitely some miscommunication in the sense that she doesn't tell him about the blog and he kind of like brings it up sometimes and through some, you know, detective work of his own starts to figure out that maybe there's more to this girl he's fake dating than it seems. But I really liked it because it was super steamy. Um, It was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed the like relatively open and honest discussions about kink, which I feel like that doesn't always happen. And I really hate when <laughs> what a what a, it's cause it's usually men in these in romance books who's like, oh, I'm super kinky. I just I don't know if she can handle it. And then it's like bondage light, like literally bond like it's basic bondage. And they're like, <laughs> is this just too intense? Um that's like one of my biggest pet peeves with romance. Cause like I don't like I don't know what it says about me but I, I and feel free anyone feel free to disagree with me but like to me that's not like really kink it's like a little kinky but I wouldn't call it like straight kink if it's again like bondage light so it was really nice that he kind of had this like whole conversation um again I am kind of like a dork and a nerd and I just like it when people talk about things I think it's good to normalize these situations um, that being said, I'm, I i do not mean to make this book sound like it's a lot of people sitting around and talking about the sex. They're actually having the sex. So definitely read it. It was so good. One of my favorites of the month. Um, my next two are also Tessa Dare books, um, A Week to Be Wicked and Any Duchess Will Do. Again, both fake dating, fake relationships, grumpy sunshine. Um, I loved both of them. Uh, you do They are parts of series. I want to say that they're part of the same series, and I'm pretty sure that A Week to, a Week to be Wicked is the second book, and then um, Any Duchess Will Do is the fourth book in the Spindle Cove series. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I really, really, really liked these, especially A Week to be Wicked, because it's about a young woman who is a scientist, and she basically ropes this young gentleman into pretending to be her fiancé so that she can go to Scotland and, like, attend this... Um, Conference, I suppose, for scientists and present her latest scientific findings. And um, it was just, it was so cute. So there's definitely, a, there's also like a journey slash road trip aspect to it. They get into a lot of trouble. It's super fun. Um, and then my final recommendation is another sports romance, Tempting the Player by Jay Lynn, um, aka Jennifer Armentrout. We have not, I mean, we've talked about this book at great length, so I'm not going to go back into it. But again, sports romance and fake dating for the sake of PR except they're actually really into each other. So <sighs> big sigh. Oh wait nope I have one more. Um, it hasn't come out yet and I haven't read it so I can't te- I'm not technically like quote unquote recommending it but I loved the first book in the series and that is the Wedding Crasher by Mia Sosa. Um, the first book was the worst Best man and I really really loved it but the second book comes out at some point in April. I want to say April 6th. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and it's about a young woman who stops a wedding that she knows should not be happening. She sees some circumstance and is like, oh, fuck, now I have to stop sweating. Um,
0: so she stops it. I totally thought, no, like, cause it cut out for um, like a quick second. I thought you said I need to stop sweating. And I was like, that seems very odd.
1: (laughs) She probably, maybe she did. If she was nervous enough, maybe she did need to stop sweating um anyway she stops their wedding and the groom although I guess he's a groom no longer is obviously hurt and shocked and upset you know screaming crying throwing up all of the things um but he his promotion at work is essentially riding on the fact that he has like a significant other so that he can prove that he's like stable I guess um so he pretends to be in love with the woman who has crashed his wedding because, you know, what else are you to do? I guess he just has a moment of panic, which <laughs> is honestly something that I would do too. Um so anyway, they enter into this fake relationship and I'm very excited to read it. I honestly at this point, I know I should be better about it, but I rarely order pre-order or rarely pre-order books um that I know I could just get at the library, but I'm super I loved the first one, so I'm really excited to read it and it will probably be my april read and yeah that's that
0: yeah hopefully yeah. april and will Steph just be... didn't even
1: hate all of my recommendations no so i didn't
0: not to brag i mean i secretly <laughs> hated but no i'm just kidding uh
1: but only one of them so yeah it's fine. well yeah. actually you explicitly hate it so whatever it's fine uh,
0: but no but hopefully here's hoping that april is a much better reading month for me. I mean, I would Everyone. say for Ava as well. But Ava <laughs> had like, even though she didn't read a lot, she had a better rated book month than I, I did. did in March. So I'm hoping. Uh fingers crossed. Obviously we have our um Dragon's Bride read along, which is happening technically this Woo. week. Uh depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um that we've kicked we're kicking off or we've kicked off, depending on when you're listening this week. Mm-hmm. So Fingers crossed that that does not let me personally down and or scare Ava off completely from monster fucking. Because uh, I have plenty more where that came from. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> but, you can tell I'm not saying anything because I'm about to cry. I, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just anticipating just... the the text messages that I'm probably going to be getting as she's reading and I can't wait to discuss it at length later Um, but anyways hopefully I will say I have started it and so far so good and I think that um, the author is doing a really good job taking it easy uh, (laughs) on newbies I think like I think just when I say that I mean like laying the groundwork like the world building of like what is the what's to come like i think that she's doing a really good job setting up like boundaries of consent and like all this stuff so like it's i think that it's i i think it's promising so far we'll see you know i I, open mind open heart okay anyways on that note Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure that you're following us on all of our pages. Our website is phantomtasticpod.com. Our Instagram is at phantomtasticpod and uh, Patreon. Our Patreon is (laughs) patreon.com slash phantomtastic. If you want to join us for more unhinged shenanigans monthly, Uh, highly recommended. Did I forget anything? I don't think I did. My gosh, first episode of the season. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm so discombobulated. But (laughs) yeah, I think that's all. Uh, Go ahead and take it away, Ava. (laughs) Don't let the hard days win,
1: or the monster cocks. Don't let those win either. No, let
0: the let the monster cock win. Why not? (laughs) Why not? not?
1: Might as well.
0: Okay. Anyways. Bye, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode.